Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Our desire is to help people understand God's intention for their life. We are in our series, Decision 2020. We hope wherever you are listening, you are blessed by this week's message. We are excited. Thank you for being here, all of our guests, all our loved ones. We're going to uh, welcome you towards the end of service and just give you some, some more information about our church. But uh, we thank you for being here. Um, for those who don't know, or if this is your very first time here, uh, you share something in common with all of us, and that is this is our first time here also at 11 a.m. Yeah. How does it feel to wake up earlier to go to church? You guys excited about that? Yeah. Um, we've been having afternoon services forever (laughs) and so this is our very first morning service and I love it I love the feel of it so welcome everyone I want to go straight into the word today Um, I have something to share with you that I feel will be a true blessing to you and um, I welcome you to just follow along with me Um, we've been in a series entitled decision 2020 And as you know, um, I've been saying this for the last few weeks now, this is an election year. You should know that by now. Later on this year, we will be voting for who our next president will be for the next four years. And uh, you'll hear a lot about politics, as you know. And we felt it apropos to start this 2020 year speaking about decisions that you have to make well before November 3rd. Um, If you're not careful, You would leave your life in the balance for someone else to decide certain things for. And there's certain things that, you know, we need to trust people to do. Uh, But there's a lot of things that we are responsible for. And today I want to talk to you about how we walk in love towards our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I want to talk to you about your love walk. I know it's February. I know it's um, Valentine's month. And, um, you know, whether you celebrate Valentine's or not, it's always a good time to talk about love. And so I'm excited to share a few things about that. I don't want to go into any kind of love or romantic love today. I'll I'll touch on that next week. Uh, But I want to talk to you really about your love walk towards your brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, Who knows that one of our core values as a church is LOL, which stands for what? That's right, loving out loud, love out loud. And um, I want to read to you, and we'll put it on the screen for you, exactly what that means so that you can keep that in your heart as to what does it mean to love out loud, all right? I don't know if we have it for the people. If not, I'll just read it. It's the bold, authentic, and deliberate expression of God's love towards people. Somebody say the bold, the authentic, and deliberate expression of God's love towards people. All right? And that's very, very key. Uh, Loving out loud should be something that is demonstrated boldly. Boldly. And that's something that's very important to us as a church. And we want to encourage you to take on this identification of loving out loud. Why do we say it that way? Because a lot of people are afraid to love. By a show of hands, who here can say that you've loved people that did not love you back? 
All right? Keep your hands raised. I want you to have everyone look around. Who here can say that you love people and they hurt you? Right? Okay, so we can all, probably all can agree with that. And for that reason, many people are afraid to love. They're afraid to give of themselves. They're afraid to serve people. But Jesus wants to set us free with that. He wants to make sure that you don't fall into the pattern of bitterness where you're afraid of opening up your heart towards people. Because if you do, if you open up your heart towards people, there is a tremendous freedom awaiting you, waiting for you. There is something that will unlock, that will bring you to a place of true relationship with one another. It's very easy to be in church, to see someone and not have a connection with them, or to, have, to not have a connection with anybody. To just go to church, hear the word, hear the singing, praise the Lord, and have no real relationship with people. Everything is surface. You know, you talk to people, hey, how you doing, what's going on, everything's good, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could talk for, you could talk for an hour and never get beyond the surface. Never really open up your heart, why? Because of fear. Because you're afraid that if I reveal who I really am, I'm gonna be rejected. No, no, this is a new day for you. This is a day where you are no longer afraid of rejection, you can be your true self, amen? and you can love people truly and free them to be their true self. Let me start with a scripture found in John 13, verse 35. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. By this, and he's talking about the love of God. By this, people will know that you belong to me, that you're my disciples. How will they know? By your love towards one another. Notice, it's not by your faith. He didn't say, people are going to know that you belong to me by your faith. And you would think that what will distinguish you from others is what you actually believe. And Jesus is saying, no, it's not even by your faith. It's not how you dress. It's not how, I'm going to say this, it's not even how you love the world. It's how you love one another. Loving your brothers and sisters in Christ, that's how people will know that you belong to me. I shared this story a few years ago, but I'll say it again. I remember hearing of a story of a man, popular man, who was found in a scandal. He's a minister out in the Midwest, and he got into some terrible, terrible scandal. It was an embarrassment. It was a national embarrassment. National embarrassment. And there was a man that was at a bar and he was watching news coverage of this individual. There's a preacher. There's a preacher who was caught in an in a illicit uh, relationship that he should not have been in. Though he's married, though he's a pastor, pastor of a, 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 a like mega church, right? And now he's on CNN, he's on Fox, he's a, a, a national tabloid story. He's on Oprah. Oprah interviewed him. I mean, if, if you know the story, you probably know who I'm talking about. Really, really bad. And so this news thing is on, on the screen, and there's a guy who's watching it. And then the guy comes up to him and says, yeah, you see? See that guy on the screen? That's why I'm not a Christian. And the guy that he was talking to was shocked, and he began to try to explain 
Well, you know, not everyone's like that. And he says, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. He says, what I'm talking about is the way you guys treat him once he fell. That's why I'm not a Christian. Isn't that amazing? You, he thought initially that the guy was saying, you see this hypocrite over here? That's why I'm not a Christian. Someone in the world wasn't even saying that. He was saying, no, the way you guys drag them through the mud, I don't want a part of that. That's why I'm not a believer. And this is why Jesus said, the world will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. Not by how righteous you live. Should you live righteous? Absolutely. But that's not how the world will know. Not by how many scriptures you, you, you can quote. Should you quote scriptures? No problem quoting scriptures. But that's not how the world will know. And I say it this way. Not by even loving the world. Mm -mm. It's loving each other. Because if you love the world and you don't love each other, your love to the world looks like a gimmick to get them in. And once they're in, you don't care about them. You understand what I'm saying? So Jesus is very clear about that. And then I'll go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. It says, in this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Notice, loving your brother is what manifests you as a child of God. The love of God towards your brother. Verse 16, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So I'm going to give you two or three points very quick. And um, I'm going to bless you. It's going to be awesome. How do I love my brothers and sisters in Christ? Number one, love does it first. Someone say, love does it first. Love does it first. So I want to talk to you very clearly here because you may, as we all kind of raised our hand and we said, yeah, I can relate to loving someone. Um, or maybe you're like, well, you know what? I love someone. They didn't love me back. I was rejected. I was hurt. I was misunderstood. I was judged. So I don't want to do this anymore. And now you're in a position where you're closed and you're like, ah, I don't, I'm not sure if I want to give myself over to people like that anymore. I don't trust. And so you're, the flow of love is bottled up. And sometimes you're waiting for someone else to do something to unlock that love of God that's in you. And I want you to see something here. It says in... 1 John 4, 19, we love him because what? He first loved us. So God demonstrated his love this way. I'm going to do it first. I'm going to do it first. Now, I want you to pay careful attention to this. When God said, I'm going to do it first, what he was saying is, I'm willing to. For there to be a time gap before you learn how to reciprocate. Because when you love, it is not always instantaneous or immediate or ever the case that who you love will love you back. But God didn't say, I'm going to love immediately expecting people to love him back. I'm going to do it first, and I'm going to wait until you respond to my love. 
And there are people today who are in family, rest, uh, family situations and you're waiting for someone to change before you. You're waiting for this person to start acting right before you. You're waiting for this person to apologize before you. You're waiting for this to be different before you. And I'm here to tell you very simply, love does it first. Now you may say, well, I did it first and nothing happened. Well, love does it second. <laughs> love does it third. Love constantly does it. Peter came to Jesus. He says, you know, this forgiveness talk is kind of crazy. He says, how many times do we have to do this? Like, if someone, like, in one day offends us seven times, do we have to forgive them? And Jesus says, listen, I'm not saying that you have to forgive them seven times. I'm saying you have to forgive them 70 times seven. Now, if you're counting 70 times seven, you probably didn't forgive. If you're like, okay, that's, uh, what's 70 times seven? 490? Now, if you're really counting, that means you really didn't forgive. <laughs> so Jesus was being facetious to say, no, love does it first, love does it second, love does it third, love does it fourth, love does it, and doesn't keep account of it. That's how you walk in love. It's a commitment that I'm going to be who I am irrespective of who you are. Glory to God. Love does it first. Number two, love loves even when in pain. This is good. How many know that sometimes loving people can hurt? Yeah, it has some pain to it. Why? Because number one, you care for the person. And number two, sometimes there is a gap where you love and that love isn't reciprocated. What do you do when you feel pain? You continue to love. This is how God loves us. How many can remember a time where you felt God pulling you towards something and it was his love, but you didn't respond right away? And you just kept feeling God pulling you, pulling you. Come on, come on, come on. You're like, no, 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 not now. I'm not ready. God was pulling you. No, 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 I'm not ready. God was pulling you. No, 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 I'm not ready. But God kept pulling. He kept pulling. Now, I want you to see God as a person. He's not a robot. Do you know that God has feelings? He does. The Bible says, for instance, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. That means the Spirit of God can be grieved, right? How do you think it feels when God is pulling you and you're like, not now? Do you think that God is immune from the pain of rejection? I think we think that because he's God. God can't feel pain. No, God feels pain. This is why the Bible says that Jesus can relate to us. He can relate to us. He is moved by the things that we're moved by. He can be touched by the things that affect us. He is our high priest. So why I'm saying this, God also knows what it's like to be rejected. Jesus knows what it's like to be rejected. 
His own brothers didn't believe in him. Jesus. Jesus would heal people, and then later on they would doubt him. Disciples stealing from him. Disciples denying him. Disciples betraying him. You don't think Jesus understands what it's like to be rejected? The Bible says he loved his disciples to the end. How many of you could have somebody on your team that is stealing from you and you know it? How many, this is, always fascinates me. Jesus knew that Peter, Peter would one day deny him and he kept him on the team. And what did he do? He prayed for him. He said, Peter, I know something about you. I've been praying. Satan wants you. He wants to sift you like wheat. Peter was bad. Yo, Jesus, I'll never betray you. I'll never betray you. I don't know about these, these dudes here, but I'll never betray you. Jesus was like, you're going to be the first one, bro. <laughs> you're going to be the first one. The first one to deny me. But he kept them. Love sometimes hurts. I think Jesus saw something beyond the pain. I think Jesus saw something beyond the rejection. He saw an apostle. He saw someone who would love purely, who would lead many to the kingdom. And a lot of times we don't, we, we choose not to see beyond that moment. We choose just to see the pain, the indignity. We make it about ourselves. You did this to me. You did this to me. Jesus was willing to endure pain. And I want to tell you something, that love loves even when it's in pain. Many times you'll see that Jesus told people to do certain things that they could not do, seemingly could not do. But he was trying to get them to stretch. There's a man with a withered hand. He says, stretch out your hand. When he stretched out his hand, his hand was made whole. There was a man that was laying on, on a mat, couldn't walk. He says, you know what? Be healed. Take up your mat and walk. Right? Plenty of times Jesus pushed people to do something that hurt. That hurt. But why? Why did he do it? He did it because he understood that when you stretch yourself in love, that's where healing flows. I want you to think about this. Love doesn't wait to be whole in order to love again. It loves in order to be whole again. Think about that. Love doesn't wait to be whole in order to love again. It loves in order to be whole again. If you don't walk in love and demonstrate the love of God, forgiveness, serving, praying, giving of yourselves, you will be a person that is not whole. And this is a trick because your defense mechanisms, mechanism immediately goes up and tells you, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me first be whole. Let me be strong. Let me be intact. Then I'll love. And that's a trick that never happens. Wholeness comes in the process of loving. That's when you're healed. 
So I'm speaking this over your life. You're going to be one that walks in the love of God. And you're going to walk in wholeness. And you got to tell yourself that. I think sometimes, you know, we, we re, you don't realize it's so subtle, but you replay the hurts in your mind. But you got to begin to stop yourself and say, wait a minute, I'm whole from that. Lord, I will love again. I feel to tell someone that you're going to love again and you're going to be loved again. You are going to love again and you will be loved again. Number three, love directs people to truth even when it's not what they want to hear. Love directs people to truth, even when it's not what they want to hear. Ephesians 4.15 says, but speaking the truth in love, speaking the truth in what? May grow up in all things into him who is the head, and that is Christ. When you speak the truth in love, you cause growth to take place in the people that you're speaking to. Let me say something that we hear all the time. Have you heard this before? So long as you're happy. Have you, have you ever seen people make decisions and it's like, you know what? I just want you to be happy. So long as you're happy. So long as you're happy. These are people who are in essence, they've made happiness their God and not truth. Jesus did not fall into that trick. And I want to show you something found in Mark 10, 17 to 22. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So this man is already flattering Jesus. He's already saying nice things. Imagine someone comes to you and say, oh, beautiful, you know, whatever your name is or, or handsome, this person and begins to flatter you. Immediately, human nature is like, oh, I like this person. I, let me not offend this person. This person feeling me? Okay, let, 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 me, let me rock with this person. Well, Jesus is about to rock this man's boat a little bit. He's like, I'm not moved by your flattery because I can see beyond that. I know what you're projecting. I know what you're trying to do here. And if you read the story carefully, he was really considering himself good. This man. And so Jesus says, no, no, no. Why you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. I always like this story because clearly he's in search for something. He could have said, okay, cool. All right, that's what I got to do to inherit eternal life. No problem. But he says, I've been doing this. So he understood something's missing. What's going on? What, what am I missing here? All right. Jesus looking at him, loved him. What did he do? Loved him. So he's seeing this man. This, this, this man is a rich, young ruler. He's rich. He's young. He's a ruler. And he's flattering. All the things that society would be very careful not to offend someone like him. We need someone like him on our team. We need, he's young, he's rich, he's influential. 
He's a he's a ruler. You you kidding me? Yeah, that I like you. Oh, you've been you've been doing the commandments. You've been you didn't you haven't committed adultery. You haven't done this. Okay, cool. Well, you know what? Let's not ask any more questions. You're good to go. No, Jesus saw beyond that. Why? He looked at him and he loved him, and he saw a deeper need. Since you think you've been doing the commandments, but in fact you haven't, and he's about to show that to him right now. One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. But he was sad at this word, and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. What was this man's problem? He thought he was doing the commandments, but in fact, he was disobeying the very first one. You shouldn't have any gods before me. What was his God, his money, his possessions? His one thing you lack. You, you think, you're, okay, you're good because you haven't committed adultery, but there's something that is so important to you that when I present it to you, you're going to walk away from me. And you're going to walk away sad because you know this is the wrong decision, but you're still going to do it. <laughs> How many people walk away sad because they know they're making the wrong decision but they're still gonna do it. Amen. Why do people do that? It's because they're gripped by a false ideology that this, whatever this is, is that important. It's my identity. But Jesus looked at that person, he loved him. He says, you're lacking one thing. And Jesus spoke truth. What did he speak? Truth. I wanna ask you a question. Are you afraid to speak truth to people? I love that. You sure? How about when it could seem like you're intolerant? Are you afraid to direct people to truth? Ah, hmm. How about when your truth seems to be narrow-minded? How about when you present Jesus to someone and you have to present him as the answer. And inherently what you're saying is, sir, man, what you believe is false. Are you willing to? Ooh, that's a little sticky. I can tell somebody, yo, don't, don't be coming out your face. You know what I mean? I can tell them the truth about that. But can I really direct people to truth that sets them free? Or am I going to be that kind of person that says, so long as you're happy, so long as you're happy, so long as you're happy. I've seen people, literally, I remember I shared this story, Lord have mercy, years ago, I almost died, man. I'm driving on 125th Street, Harlem, I'm with my friend Jacques. And we see this huge, massive guy. Like, this guy has muscles coming out of his ears. <laughs> and he, he's ha he has this girl pinned up on the wall, right? And I'm not a big dude, you know what I mean? So I'm like, my name is Lee, and I can't see. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wanted to do that. But I said, all right, what are we going to do? We, we stopped the car. I'm running over. I'm like, Lord Jesus, help me. I'm praying. This, this dude, like I said, he had muscles out of his ears. 
And, I'm, and now, by the time I get across the street, he has the girl on the floor. Middle of 125th Street. Day, broad daylight. And I got to stop this. So I come to the guy, you know, and, I, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, yo, you got to stop. And I, I kind of like grab him a little bit, you know. <laughs> massage him though first. I'm like, yeah. kind of massage him, just, just make sure, you know, I don't mean any harm. <laughs> but I, I, I sort of kind of like hold him up, you know, and, and he's like, yo, she has my phone. She has my phone. I, I, I just want my phone back, you know? And she's like, you know, just being kind of difficult as well. And I'm like, yeah, I understand that, but you go, there's a better way to do this. And I, as I'm trying to kind of get the guy off, a whole bunch of guys, a whole bunch of guys crowd around. Yo, son, what are you doing? Yo, that's his B. Get, mind, mind your business. Let him handle his business. I'm shocked. Yo, that's that. Yo, you, yo, if that was me, son, yo, we, yo, we, and I'm like, really? So we live in a time where you will see a woman get beat and not speak truth because so long as you're happy, so long as it's your business, so long as you do you, I do me. And it's a cowardly way of living. Most people, you know, I'm not, that's a dramatic story, but the reality is a lot of people are afraid of being honest with people and speak truth to people because they don't want to hurt people. That's why the Bible says you can speak the truth in love. Does it mean that they'll like it? No. But if you speak the truth in love, there'll be grace and there'll be something that the Holy Spirit can work with and you'll be surprised how that can change someone's heart. And while this woman was on the floor about to get pummeled, I was at least able to calm him down so that didn't happen. Truth is what Jesus is looking for. This is how you demonstrate the love of God. Are you truthful to the people you relate to? Do you really share the truth? I understand you gotta use wisdom. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying be, you know, have a blowhorn and, you know, and just be preaching like a madman. I'm not saying that. But there will be times, there will be opportunities where the Lord will present you. And you will have the choice to say whether or not I'm going to share truth about who Jesus is. Or, going back to casual Christian versus growing Christian, are you going to be the person that says, yo, you do you, I do me. Who am I? Who am I to say anything? Who am I to judge? Who am I? I don't want to be that dude. I don't want to be that guy that, that, that's sharing the truth of the word and I might offend you. Who am I? So long as you do you and I do me and I respect what you believe. See, doesn't that sound nice? That sounds so beautiful. I respect what you do. I respect you. You respect me. It's all great. It's all good. No problem. We're all happy. But someone's going to hell. I know that sounds like a harsh thing to say. Trust me, I don't like it. That's why I don't, I don't talk about it often. I don't like it. I'm not, I have no delight to say that. Absolutely none. But it is true. Those who do not have a relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ, one day they will have to, they will have to account for that. And I'm not a 
fire and brimstone preacher. I'm not here to, you know, preach hell. And all. I'm not, I'm not, but I'm, what, I hear, what, I'm, what I'm here to tell you is that truth will set people free. Give people a chance to hear it. You'd be surprised what God will do with it. Sometimes we write people off and we think, ah, oh, they they're not interested in that. You'd be surprised. It's God working in them, softening their heart. And they're like, man, you know what? I just had a dream last night. And you're telling me this. God must be speaking to me. Tell me more. You'd be surprised. It's a lie from the enemy that tells you no one cares about that. You'd be surprised what they care about. They want to be free. They want to feel the love of God. They want to sense freedom. They want that. Love people by sharing the truth. Last thing I'll say, the opposite of love is putting one's happiness above truthfulness. Happiness can make you feel free for the moment. Truth will set you free for life. Let me say that one more time. The opposite of love is putting one's happiness above truthfulness. Happiness can make you feel free for the moment. Truth will set you free for life. And that's what love is. Love sets people free. When you love, you're free. When you feel love, you're free. When you don't feel love and you're in the room, you feel inhibited. You feel closed. When you feel truth, and you feel the love of God in that truth, what happens? It frees you. I want to let you know that the way to walking in love is to be truthful. Be truthful. Not just with the gospel. Be truthful with people. I am so surprised how people lie to one another. And it's like it's no big deal. I, I, I am really surprised. So let me just say this very, I know it's an ABC point, but take this ABC. Be a person that tells the truth. Like, don't lie. Okay? Just say it that way. Just don't lie. Be truthful. Why? When you're relating to people, you're telling them you deserve to know the truth. That's why it's an act of love. You deserve to know the truth. A lot of times people are shifting and they're hiding and they're afraid. And, and, and No, no, no. You deserve to know the truth. That's why I'm telling you the truth. I love you. Praise God. How many truth tellers we have here? Yeah. Let me just stop here. I want to welcome those who may have not received the truth of Jesus Christ into their hearts. Today is your day. Very quickly, I want you to consider this. Is it possible that you're here today and God is pulling on your heart and he's expressing to you, he's willing to, to be rejected. He's not forcing you, but he's telling you, listen, I have more for you than you can imagine. And I want to do something special in your life, but you have to let me in. I'm not going to force myself and you have to let me in. If that's you, you have an opportunity to do that. And all you have to simply do is ask him into your life. Receive him as your Lord. Receive him as your Savior. So I'm going to lead you in what we call a salvation prayer. It's a prayer where you say, Lord, come into my life. I'm accepting you.
If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our website at www.nylifechurch.com and click on the gift tab. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Go and live a purpose-driven life.